Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls! I love that place we went, Bonnie. Yeah. But I literally could not understand a single word that woman no. said to me. Not even one word. And I'm really good at that. Mm-hmm. She was completely unintelligible. I was like, excuse me? Uh, excuse me? Excuse bad. me? But if they do a good job, I yeah, mean... Yeah, but you can't even communicate what you want. You know, she's she's holding this thing, wanting me to pick what I want. And one of them says 35 and one of them says 40. So I'm like, is that 70 total or... It's hard no, when you have but like I mean, a language it's, barrier. It's like a language barrier. I don't mean that to be offensive in any way whatsoever. I just mean that if somebody's providing a service for me and I'm trying to ask questions about that service, mm-hmm. if they can't answer me, I feel very awkward and uncomfortable because I don't know what, what they're trying to ask me. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm um, just saying that if the service is good and they do a great job, you should not choose a different place just because you can't understand what they're saying. No. I mean, they'll, they'll I guess get I'm, better the longer that they're in country. I hope so. Country. I hope so. And it was a really good service. I'm not saying I won't go back because I will. You know I love that place. God, this place was so incredible. It was so good. To- yeah, they did a great job. It's called Kate's Nails and Mustang. Mm-hmm. We So we go over there and... <laughs> The first thing they do is they, they push the massage button. So I'm over there going... Because <laughs> that, I mean, that chair beats the shit out of you. Have you ever had one of those chairs? Mm-hmm. My mom has one at her house. Oh, my God. I love them, though. They do. They're I, I a little over, rough sometimes. I get overstimulated but... by that. Oh, my God. I love them. But that's why they're on a timer, so that they don't go so long. <gasps> After well, about two minutes, I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. Stop. Stop touching me. Yeah, I was, like, sad because the lady didn't, like, turn mine on yeah. right away. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to push the button myself. Because <laughs> I want, I'm going to feel those roaming fingers go down my back. And Bonnie's, Bonnie's sitting over there looking at me like I've lost my mind because I'm shaking like a... <laughs> but really, it's because I was preparing myself for the ticklishness of my feet. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is why you I have pedicures. no idea how funny it was, because I, I get a little self-conscious when I go to the... Bonnie, this is the first time Bonnie and I have had a pedicure at Together. the same time. Uh-huh. So, so I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, how's she going to react when she sees how ticklish I am when they start getting after the bottom of my feet because I'm extremely ticklish. Mm-hmm. She's worse. <laughs> no. So this is why I won't go get pedicures is because I can't sit still the entire time. Oh my like God. Garrett will threaten to tickle my feet and I've kicked him in the face before because I'm yep. that ticklish. Yeah. Yeah. Bonnie's that ticklish. But it's a necessary it, it. evil because I like the end result. I, I will deal with the, having to like clench up my butt cheeks to keep my legs still. She still can't keep them still. <laughs> because I want my feet to be pretty. Oh, yeah, and then like, the last time so I had funny. one, the guy, like, I was jumping, and he just started laughing and then started tickling my foot, and I was like, that's not funny. That's dangerous. Like, yeah, yeah. They, I went and got a pedicure one time with my mom, and, and I was laughing so hard that the guy doing the pedicure was laughing, too. I mean, he had to stop for a minute because he was laughing at me so hard. Yeah, well, the, the lady that was doing your feet was, she was laughing was laughing it was <laughs> like and and the lady that was doing mine was laughing at Vonnie I am for some reason it's only my right foot that's ticklish. that's ticklish uh-huh. I mean the other one's ticklish too but I not as bad the right foot I can't stand to have the bottom of it touched mm-hmm. I don't know so I have to I just twitch constantly when they're messing with it but my left foot is okay but Vonnie's I mean <laughs> She was so hilarious. She just was grabbing the side. Trying really hard to stay still. And it's actually better now than the first time that I got a pedicure. Could you imagine how unglued I I came the first time? I cannot even fathom it, Vonnie, because I have never ever seen anybody oh my god i'm so ticklish but like i said it's god that was so funny by the time we finished my my mouth hurt the uh, areas around my mouth from laughing so hard 
Well, it's like a workout and a pedicure at the same time because you burn calories when you laugh, right? Well, not only that, <laughs> but after, I mean, they gave us the best massage, like leg massage and stuff. And then when we were just about ready to be finished, they gave us a back massage, too. Yeah, it was it was really cool. That is I'm like, we left there and we're like, wow. Ready for naps because we were so relaxed. The only thing missing was a margarita. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, this place that we went to, but see, they didn't... Like scrub the calluses on my feet very much on that, but that could be thirty people in there. Well, right, and I got like the least amount of thing because I didn't want to pay extra, and it was like for Secretary's Day. Maybe we should make a suggestion when we go into Kate's. Say, could you serve some booze with the service too? Because we pay more. Can we bring some purse beer with us? (laughs) Well, have you noticed there's not very many bars in Mustang? Yeah, you, you know what? There's not noticed that. But why, there are why three liquor that? stores. But that's not very many compared to like. Why aren't yeah, there very true. many bars? I'm wondering if yeah, you, there's one on. not very far away on 152 that I pass every day when I go to work. And Silver Stallion. No, not Silver Stallion. Huh. Silver Stallion's about the only bar that yeah, you think of. Pretty much the only thing. And uh, and it's a biker and bar. And I can't look at that one and, without laughing because my neighbor. <laughs> My neighbor says to me, yeah, every time I drive by that one, I just look at his dick and it looks like a hair dryer. Because it's, <laughs> it's a, what what do you call that? Ergonomically correct? Yeah. The so horse? it looks like a the hair. Horse. Yeah, yeah. It looks Aww. like a hair dryer because, you know, it's got the big old balls on the bottom and the spout on the top. It is a male and you can tell. It's a stallion. And it looks like a big silver hair dryer. I don't yeah. pass it very time much. I pass it, I have to laugh. That's, I feel like that's a bit excessive. Which yep. I like that. The Silver Stallion. I never see any bikes there. I used to see, and the, I used to I've see seen, them all the time. I've seen. And then they there. do like the like, especially if they're doing their mud volleyball. Oh yeah. There's, it's yeah. like all bikes. Yeah. Because there's not very much parking over there either. No, no there there's isn't. not. It's all right there. Yeah, in there's front. something for sale over but there. But I am 25 years old, and that thing has been there since I've been alive. Yeah, it's definitely not a new place. (laughs) But it's true that there aren't very many bars out there. I mean, we can't go out just for a casual drink. There's no place to go Mm -mm. where we live. That's why you save all your casual drinking for vacation. That's (laughs) right. Just like right now. This is officially not a numbered episode. And the reason why is because right now I'm on vacation. So I'm time traveling with the girls into the future. <laughs> time traveling, why I put for you? To record this episode and the next episode so that I can do all the work before Speaking I go on Speaking of vacation. nerdy things. Yes. Before I forget, I need to show you the key that Tyler picked out for me for, for his new place. Because, you know, he gave me a spare key. Yeah. It's Star Wars. Nice. It has Darth Vader on it. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> Tyler. I, I think he's mean, trying to tell you something. Knocking on that, Tyler, I am your mother. You didn't answer my text messages. <laughs> so I had to show up to make sure you hadn't been murdered in your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> with my uh, with my little lightsaber. <laughs> I can't remember how that sound is. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we're really bad at sound effects, guys. Yeah, we, we are. are. <laughs> now, if our boys were here, they'd be great at they'd it. They'd probably be doing it. I'd pick them up after school when they were young, because I usually picked them up together because I wasn't working at the time. And I would have to say, stop with the sound effects about six <laughs> times in a seven mile period. Jesus. Don't make me come back there. Stop with the sound effects every time for because they converse in sound effects. Yes, they do. They do. They converse in sound effects. Not so much now that they're older, but holy well, shit. Well, me and Tyler kind of do that when we're sitting, like if we're in the room together, like sometimes we don't really have a conversation. We just have bits and pieces of movies and songs and side effects, sound effects and side effects. effects. My dad and I play this game where he texts, when he gets bored at work, he'll text me. It's like complete this quote. So he'll like say, hello, my name is Inigo Montoya and I have to finish the quote and then we go back and forth like that for hours. And since he has gifts now, it's 10 times worse. Oh no. Uh, That would be actually kind of awesome. It's pretty great. Just like, you know, the sound effect thing, like Tyler will just look over at me and go, ah! <laughs> just say, thanks. 
<laughs> I don't know. You like, have to be there. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> you know what I like best about vacation? Not to change the subject or anything. Sleeping. No, I don't usually, because at the lake, you, you don't really get to sleep in because usually somebody's getting up real early to go fishing mm-hmm. yeah, or golfing or something <gasps> like that. I haven't been fishing in so long. So they get up really early and the walls are like paper thin, these cabins. Mm-hmm. So you hear everything. I mean, mm-hmm. everything. You hear everything. So you're everything. saying you don't, you don't get to jump on up on that? No. Well, if you do, you have to be really quiet. That's what the ball gags are for. You're getting shushed a lot. I'm kidding. It's a, it's all I'm saying is this is a wonder I have not been smothered to death yet. <laughs> shush, shush, shush. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I love my favorite part about the lake is the beverages. Ah. Because my roommate, who is also my sister-in-law, Yvonne, what she does is she'll a lot of times make these buckets of slushies. Uh huh. And they'll be like booze slushies. Mm-hmm. So she'll prepare them and stick them in the freezer. And then when it's time to go down to the beach, she makes drinks. Or somebody's always making drinks. So you go down to the beach and you'll be laying there. And some, because there are seven people in Ron's family. Mm-hmm. So there are usually at least six women carting booze somewhere at some point. Mm hmm. So somebody will come down and pass around the drinks while we're sitting at the beach. And that's my favorite part. Oh, yeah. Hmm. One of my favorite parts. I really love going to the lake with those guys. They are so fun. You should try Mexico. I've been to Mexico. Mexico? The great thing about Mexico is... Is One, you don't have to pay for your booze once you get there. If you're at an all-inclusive. Yeah, if you go to Mexico and don't go to an all-inclusive, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I know. Just saying. We kind of did it wrong, except for... Hector. Oh, my God. Except you, then you have a Hector bringing you free drinks on the beach. Well, I mean, I I'm to, okay with that. Yeah, I had to and pay food my if you Hector. need a snack. I had to pay my that. Hector. Yeah, and you don't have to pay. You tip. But, oh, my God, was he fine. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Some things you just don't forget about Mexico. Yep, so in September, I'm going to probably miss two podcasts, I think. Because you're going to Mexico. Just going to Mexico. Because we think like of us. Saturday morning and we come back as you're drinking night. on the beach. My favorite oh. vacation thing is just being able to unplug for a little bit. Because I feel like yeah. I always go somewhere where you don't have service. We don't have service at the yeah. lake in Minnesota. We are right now, I am right now at a lake resort in Minnesota, northern Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And there's no Wi Fi except for in the lodge. So, and no phone service at all. So you can't, I mean, you literally have to shut off your phone so that the battery doesn't wear out from searching (laughs) because it's just so isolated up there and there's no cell service at all. Airplane mode. Yeah. And so if you want to do any kind of business or any kind of email sending or receiving or anything, you have to go over to the lodge and sit in the lodge during that time. The lodge is also closed for three hours every day. So between noon and three, you can't do anything at all. That sounds great. Hmm. Yeah. So a lot of people who try to take working vacations find out real fast that you can't do, that it. You can't do it at that resort. It's impossible to work. You have to go to town to work to do anything to, to, at, to the Internet Cafe. So I think my last real vacation before besides this one that I'm about to go on was when I went to Niagara Falls about five or six years ago. And I was in school at the time, and I had to do homework the whole time that I was on vacation. Yeah, and Travis is going to have to take his uh, laptop when we go to Mexico, and I'm pretty pissed about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, your homework's due when your homework's due, especially when you're on doing online classes. You yeah. can't. Well, his is work. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I get oh, it. Because oh, okay. I, yeah, whenever For Travis, school, you know, the bills still have to get paid. That's <laughs> well, it's uh, it's not that because I mean we get oh. vacation days. It's because we're doing our system switch. Oh. System um, switch. You're gonna have to tell me all about that. Wide orbit. I have no idea what that is. Wide orbit. This is. We talked about this like two weeks ago. We talked about this at your house during pizza night. I was half drunk on that night. I don't remember. You had what. one beer. You had half a beer. I don't remember what we were talking about. That sounds like when we were talking about when we were at Full Circle Book Club the other day. <laughs> Martha's like, I told you that. I know I told you that. I'm like, 
I mean, I had two of those DNR beers. You could have told me, and I just DNRs don't are ten point beers. So <laughs> I think I good. had a DNR that night, half of one. Yeah, but I'm a lightweight, so I don't remember. You'll have to tell me all about it later. <laughs> the look okay. on Nicole's face. I know this is. We're gonna have to work on that, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, are you saying we need to drink more? <laughs> yeah. Martha does. <laughs> I think it's the uh, effects of years of over drinking. <laughs> Jessica, I'll work on left. that just for you. Thanks, I appreciate it. You. You're welcome. I got to keep up with the 23. Keep year up old? with the young, the young, 22 year old. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was and 25. When I was 22, I probably could have drank more. I did drink more when I was 22. I and I'm not saying died. you have to drink excessively, because like when I go out, I have a limit, like because mm-hmm. I especially because I drink vodka mm-hmm. and I don't want to. Right. I don't want to puke my brains out mm-hmm. that night. So I have like a four to five, depending on how long we're out. If it's like six or seven hours, I have like a five hour, five limit thing, deal. Damn, I couldn't or drink It's five pretty much one per hour, but I try to actually go longer than that. Whew, I, I can do it. So I've been you know, in summer classes, so I haven't really had time to drink or anything. Like if we go out, it's, I'm usually going, the last time I went out, Garrett was out with his friends and I went to go get him and bring him home because he's mm-hmm. like I don't want to go to this other bar so I went out with them for like a couple hours and had three drinks and that was like the most like I drank him forever over like it doesn't take yeah. me very long and then I, I can drink one beer and be I can't keep up with my sisters-in-law when I'm on vacation man they're no. they're just <laughs> well I know those DNRs were hitting me hard I drank two of those and I really kind of wanted a third but I was like no they're I, like was it's a good thing I was no. driving that's all I have to say Vonnie well yeah because after two I was a little <laughs> a little it was hilarious Are it was pretty me? funny those elevator wheats that they had were really good too I were like they? wheat beer a lot do you Yes, it's a problem. Coop Ale Works is awesome, and they're going to be our it sponsor. Is. One of our sponsors for our big anniversary party in September. Everybody mark your calendars. We're doing this thing at Full Circle Books. Yep. That'll it's be fun. Exciting. It'll be great. I need to see if Tyler can uh, be my designated driver that night. September 29th. He's not old enough to drink Unofficially. yet. I can still use him for another year for a designated driver. <laughs> can he drive us both home? <laughs> I mean, I could have just give him twenty bucks and be like, "You, you are now an Uber driver." <laughs> well, last time he was at my designated driver, I gave him enough money that him and his girlfriend could go to the movies and stuff, and just just come pick me up after. So, see, we could do something like that. That'd yeah. work as long as you remember to come and get us. We'd <laughs> be sitting out on the corner of the bookstore going, <laughs> "Excuse me, can anybody drive me home now?" I'm like, we can hitch it. It's good. It's all good. <laughs> we, can walk. we can walk. It's not that far. <laughs> it's, it's that far. <laughs> it's only 20 miles. We can make it by tomorrow. Well, you know, when you're driving, you're just like, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> I was running. <laughs> Bonnie and Martha just checking down the highway. <laughs> Forrest gumping it. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is I can totally see us doing that. <laughs> I can see it too. That's why it's so There's funny. There's lots of falls in my <laughs> yeah. imagery. Of, oh, of course. And, and the Rocky theme song playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Da-na-na. Boom. Da-na-na. <laughs> Crash. <laughs> I can't even walk when I'm sober without tripping. <laughs> she did. She tripped on our little walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica comes around the corner and I'm tripping over my own feet. I'm like, usually people don't see me do that. Now you see, this is almost like we're drinking on the beach right now. It sort of sounds like it. The bit. It's like vacation. <laughs> Our little witch coven here cackling. <laughs> well, you know, three book girls would sort of be metaphorically the maiden, the mother, and the crone, three book girls. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that on purpose, obviously, but I was thinking about it the other day. Maiden would Two. be Nicole, mother would be Vani, and crone would be me. Interesting. When Jessica's just, uh, <laughs> well, you weren't with us <laughs> from the beginning. From the beginning, she's so. our guest yeah. maiden. She's our guest maiden. maiden. But not that we're witchy people or anything. It's just yeah, that's a thought. <laughs> Are we witchy? <laughs> witchy woman. <laughs> I got 
you now, my pretty. You and your little dog, too. That was incredibly accurate. Thank you. Holy cow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's yeah. like she's done that once or twice. You think? Yes. <laughs> so, during our vacation, personally, I chose a book today that I would read on the beach if I hadn't already read it. What about you guys? Do you got anything beach reedy? Mine's beach reedy as in it's short. Oh, okay. But it's a very like serious. Sometimes the stuff you read on the beach is serious though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. I have to have something that is going to keep my attention. Yeah. So you everybody reads something different on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> got to keep your attention off of Hector. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Well, when I'm a, on Martha vacation, does. I like a book that's shorter. So my book is actually a shorter book today. Know, Just right? because I want to get... Like, you don't have a whole lot of time to read on vacation, and so a shorter book, you feel like you get more accomplished if you get, like, you know, halfway through it or whatever. Mm-hmm. At Agre- least for me. Agreed. Like, you know. Well, my vacations always require a very long commute, mm-hmm. because from Oklahoma to Minnesota is very, very far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you do. So I believe you drive that. Yeah, we drive it. I, actually, I'm flying back this year, because Dylan has to work. And I really don't want to take that much more time off anyway, because Ron's retired now. So he's like, well, I don't want to go back so early. I'm like, okay, you stay there. <laughs> we'll fly home. What's your uh, beachy read, Martha? No, I'm going to let you guys go first. <laughs> Martha never goes first. I don't like to go first. It would she have been a perfect last. segment, but okay. I tried to give you the segment by saying, did any of you read a book that's Pretty much sort of said yes. beach reading? <laughs> Well, I don't know about beach reedy, but I'm not going to a beach. I on still vacation, am not good with so. the concept well, of beach tr- reeds. Truthfully, I'm the only one that's on the beach currently. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand that either. So I feel like, like I read the same thing. Short. <laughs> what so, is a beach read? Like, so I'm. I'm. <laughs> I think a beach read is just whatever you feel like reading at the time. It is. Yeah. That's what. I, that's my whole point. I would read yeah. this book on the beach. I'd read. I'd read it here and there and anywhere. I, would you read it in a box? Would you read and it with, with a fox. fox. <laughs> would you read on it a on train. a boat? With a goat? And Probably not. Mouth? That'd make you a little motion sick. Yeah. Yeah, I would vomit. <laughs> yeah, I would. I think Travis I'd probably be okay with it. Travis can't read or look at his phone or like do anything with a TV screen if he's in an airplane or a car. Really? And I have I have the issue. That's why I have to listen to audiobooks in the car when I'm not driving. I have no problem with it. Because I, 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 I vomit. Yeah. I've vomited in every major form of transportation known to man. Okay, I like. I have a problem like reading if I'm in a car on an empty stomach. Oh. But if I like eat something first, then I'm fine. I've never had a problem with any of that. You're so lucky. It so sucks. You know, they were all so excited when we were on vacation in Hawaii about the helicopter tour that we were going to take. That would be cool. So we get in the helicopter and I'm thinking, oh, Jesus could we please stop at the drugstore? And they're like, you don't need to stop at the drugstore. You'll be just fine. So here we are in a helicopter flying over Maui. And you're vomiting? Into a bag. Hmm. So we get out. We're getting ready to get out of the freaking helicopter. And everybody gets out. And I have to hand the bag out first. That's it's horrible. I mean, god damn it. People who are motion sick are not fucking around. Dude, <laughs> I got so sick when, uh, last year when we went to Colorado because we were driving like up through the mountains. Oh, and yeah. It's like back and forth. And I was Switchbacks, like, yeah. I'm going to throw up. Travis did that when <laughs> yep. we went to like Tahoe because yeah. he had never been and it's that yeah. like all the way up the mountain. You're windy. And you got to stop and puke. Well, mm-hmm. he didn't, but he just felt. Yeah. When that happens, you, I, you just feel like shit the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, you do. And then mm-hmm. you have to come back down the mountain, too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I felt really bad for him. Yeah. You the only time that I've ever had life. anything, like, you know, affect me like that mm-hmm. is the heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get sick with the heat, and then I'm sick for the rest of the day. Yeah. yeah. That's why I don't ride rides. If I go on a ride, even a roller coaster sometimes, I'm sick the whole day. Not just during the ride or right after the ride it's the whole day i'm done and there are people give me shit and i'm like you know what <laughs> this is not a joke people now i've ridden roller coasters and stuff that have gone really fast that when i get off i'm like whoa yeah <laughs> but it's gone within 15 minutes yeah. i know you're so lucky it doesn't okay oh. who wants to go first okay well bonnie yes I, I will i picked a book by philip roth because a few weeks ago he passed away and we were talking about it and he was a Pulitzer 
Prize winning <laughs> author. Pulitzer Surprise. I have to think about that. Pulitzer Surprise. Because I want to make it a surprise. Um, so I decided to go to the library, and there was only one available, so I didn't have a whole lot of choices. <laughs> and it's called Indignation by Philip Roth. And it was a short book, like I had said before. It was I did the audio, and it was probably only about... I think it was like five hours. Oh, so that's it was pretty short. short. Yeah. It's shorter than the books that I usually read, but like I said, yeah. there was Can only follow. one it's available. Like 30 hours long. Yeah, I know, right? It's like, woo, I'm gonna have this done in two days. Lincoln, you miss it book. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and it is uh, set in America in nineteen fifty one, so it's during the Korean War. So you know. I haven't read very many that are that it time fo- period. It follows Bonnie's um, needs must list, yeah. which would be war and, and historical, historical fiction. fiction. Mm-hmm. And it is about uh, main character is Marcus Messenger, or Messinger, sorry, and he's a Jewish college student. And his parents own a kosher butcher shop, which he has worked at his whole life before he goes off to college. As he gets older and about ready to go off to college his dad kind of goes through a change I don't know if he what exactly happens but he starts getting really paranoid about everything and he's just on Marcus about like coming home late about if he was you know out partying if he was causing trouble with his friends and this kid is like the type of kid that has never done anything wrong wrong in his life he's very much a square he's you know he's (laughs) he's worked at the butcher shop so it's not like he has a lot of time to run around with his friends he's never really had a true girlfriend or anything else and so he decides to go to college kind of far away from his parents because his dad is just driving him (laughs) so crazy with his paranoia and um college was college was very different back then it's because the korean war was going on you had to take specific classes to be like a valedictorian Mm -hmm. or else you were drafted into the korean war and you went to the front lines if you graduated college like with honors um drafted right you went in like as like an officer so okay you could pick something different better right then smart people got better deals right which i've actually read a book about that that i'm going to review in a couple of weeks so he's taking these classes and he's jewish but he hasn't put on his transcript what his actual religion is because even though he's brought up jewish he's more of an atheist he doesn't really believe in like an agnostic I wouldn't even say that he's agnostic. He pretty much does not believe that there is no afterlife, even though Ag- agnostics don't know for sure. Okay. Yeah, they're, it's kind of like they're, they're undecided. ambiguous about it. Right. Like they're mm-hmm. they're hedging their bets. They're fence sitters. Okay. And one of the classes that he has to take to be able to graduate with honors is a religious class, and like actually going like to church. I can't remember what? if it's like a Catholic. You but have to go to church to graduate? You have to have so many hours of, what do you call it when you go to church? Theology? And, what? No, it's not like theology, like when you go to church and you're listening to the preacher. Like mass? Like mass. Okay, that's it. Mass. Catholic mass. Sorry. And <laughs> As he's you can a Jew tell, and they're making him go to Catholic, Catholic mass? <laughs> right. He's going to Catholic math, he, oh, gosh. mass, even though he's Jewish. So he like... A Jew, a Jewish atheist. He's a Jewish atheist going to Catholic Mass to be able to graduate with honors so that he's not put in the front lines in Korea. This sounds like an intro to a bad joke. Yeah, it sort <laughs> of does, know, right? doesn't it? So that's just one of the things that happens at the college. And I think he ends up telling, he tells the like counselor or whatever, which it's not called that at the time, that, you know. Like an advisor. Right. That he's not going to Mass. He can't make him go to the Mass. And he goes into this big speech about, you know, no such thing as God, blah, 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 blah. And he gets kicked out of school. I feel like that's super dangerous to do in that time period. Yeah, it kind of is. And so he ends up switching schools and going to a different school. Well, before all of this happens, he actually meets a girl who has transferred there. 
and has his first like sexual experience and it blows his mind and it's very interesting (laughs) to listen to him talk about this like in his head about this I won't say what exactly they did it wasn't actual like you know was it a blowjob actual intercourse or anything but it's it's just really interesting to hear him and it makes you kind of wonder if guys think this the first time that they have a sexual experience every time or (laughs) or (laughs) and so it talks about this other girl with this other girl it's actually a pretty interesting character too Mm -hmm. but he transfers to another school and blah 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 and i'm not going to go into all of the details but he has a lot of the same kind of problems at the second college that he goes to Mm -hmm. so and it's just about this teenager's college experience from going from one school and having like a super paranoid father who hasn't been like this his whole life until he's like 18 years old and then all of a sudden it's almost like his father develops like a mental illness or something because he just thinks that everything is out to get him and everything is wrong and he's paranoid about everything and like um the main character marcus ends up having to have his appendix out when he's away at college and his father is paranoid because he doesn't understand why marcus couldn't come home to go to the emergency room to have his appendix out. that's why yeah that's like an emergency surgery so go to the quickest one you can find right but he was paranoid because it's like he thinks that like it didn't really happen or that it was a lie or the doctors just took it out to take it out i don't know it's just his father is really doesn't sound right in the head seriously it was Hmm. pretty interesting and now i'm dying to know all about that sexual experience now you want me i feel like i have to read it just to get that little tidbit bonnie five hours maybe we'll see they don't go into a lot of the Korean War. I know that you're not big into the, into the, like, they do go into some, wait, maybe that's something different that I read. I don't know. Anyways, it was a good book. I enjoyed it. He's a good writer. I can understand why he won awards. I don't think he won any awards for this book. That was Philip Roth and his indignation. Do you want to go next? Sure. sure. I don't care. You got it, dude. Okay. Dude, you got it, dude. Nicole. You got it, dude. Okay, so I know I've read a couple books and reviewed them already about Syrian or refugees. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so this is kind of another one. Well, it is another one. So if you hate this subject, I'm really sorry. But I find it so fascinating. And uh, it's actually an international bestseller. It was oh. written by a guy who lives in like France now. Um, Nicole's Refugees is like my war books. Yeah. That's her go-to. Currently. She's just got a (laughs) current obsession with refugees. It's really fascinating reading all of their stories. But it was just recently translated into English. And so that's... It it hasn't been out in America that long. Um, But it's called Small Country, and it's by Gail Fay. And it is essentially about his life. Um, That's when he spelling of Gail. Yeah, it's French. But uh, he is from Burundi, Africa. And it is bordering Rwanda. And his mother was a Rwandan, I, I believe that would be the correct mm-hmm, term, mm-hmm. a refugee in Burundi. And she met his father, who was a French national that lived in Burundi. And they got married and had children. Oh. And so they they were all technically French at this point because that's what happened. Like, she had a French passport and all of this. But her family was still Rwandan, and a couple of them were... I mean, some of them were refugees, lived in the same country as they did, uh, which meant they couldn't travel. And But she still had family who also lived in Rwanda. And so he is about 10 years old when he, the story starts... And it is so interesting because he's talking about the country and at first the country's fine and he d- there's not really any issue and he talks about his mother and his sister and his father and then he talks about how his mother ends up leaving his father because she is kind of scared of what could happen because she lived through the R- Rwandan genocide oh. and mm-hmm. so she is terrified that 
something could happen. Be- and she wants to go to France, but his dad doesn't want to move back to France. And so she ends up leaving. And it is so interesting because he, at 10 years old, asks his father, uh, like, what is this war that you guys keep talking about? Like, why is it happening? Mm-hmm. And his father's response was, is, well, these are the Hutu, I think they're the, like the Hutus. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. And then there's the Titsu. Anyways. Different tribes. Yeah, pretty much. And he says one has a really big, wide nose, and the other one has a flatter nose, and they don't like each other's noses. Oh my god! That's why they. That's why he he tells them they fight because of their noses. Yeah, and honestly, it, because it's this genocide. There's no no reason uh, for them to be killing each other. Oh, and they just hate each other because yeah, of... and they will literally use like the shape of your nose as like a as a guide. Kind of yeah, from. and th- like they'll make hateful comments about your like your nose there. Huh. But he lives in like kind of an, a higher class neighborhood. His father. Uh, he has a great job. He's in in charge of, con- like, he owns a construction business, so he hires people out, and they go do construction work. And you kind of just read about his, his adventures, kind of, at 10 years old, and he goes around his neighborhood. They go steal mangoes from people's mango trees, and then they go sell it back to the people they stole it from. <laughs> and it's kind of hilarious. And that he's got funny. this, like, little band of kids his age that he hangs out with. And you kind of go from seeing... Like, where his world is perfect, nothing is wrong, and slowly, 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 the country starts having issues. Like, uh, they talk about when they, they finally have an election, and there is, uh, like, there some people really excited about this democracy. People can actually vote. Mm-hmm. And so they go, the president that was very for democracy... He wins, and three days afterwards, he's murdered. He's assassinated. Whoa. And when that happens, uh, well, it's obviously a military coup. And I guess in that country, when a military coup happens, because they have happened so often that they play classical music on the radio to signal a coup. Whoa. So then they can't get news out because there's just this class so everybody has to hunker down and then it talks about them sleeping in hallways to hide so from like stray their bullets co- their code word or something Dang. yeah that's intense and so yeah and so then it's really interesting like the way because he talks about his friends and all the like little stuff they would do but as they get older and they start to understand more about this war and the fear starts to invade their their mind then they start to protect their neighborhood or they want to and kind of you kind of get to see how the violence kind of starts like even at that young of an age Mm -hmm. um but and then and then like his mother ends up having to go search for her family because in rwanda had another genocide like where uh, they went out and literally were taking people out of their homes and shooting them like just because they were like the wrong from the wrong tribe. Oof. Wow. And so well, people hate each other for lots of reasons and mm-hmm. it seems to us like that would be ridiculous but if you think about judging a person by the color of their skin it's a yeah. similar thing. It doesn't Right. It doesn't make any more sense to some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it talks about that in like in the Kite Runner too. There's mm-hmm. like there's two different factions yeah. and and in India it's caste. Well, and you know. I think this is so fascinating because, like, we kind of grow up, at least to me, thinking, like, this happened, like, genocides, the Holocaust, all of that stuff happened in the past. Like, uh, right. you know, right. it's like 80 years ago at this point. But it hasn't. This was, this is happening right now. This was mm-hmm. the night, he was 10 years old in 1992, and he left in 1998. 
nine or something yep. like that. This is happening it's still right happening. now. Yeah, it still, still happens. Yeah. And so I think it is so fascinating to read and just admit, I feel like we need to start like shipping these books to like our legislatures. And Yes, we so should. Because, <laughs> I mean, the kind of things that gets people to hating each other, you see, I can see it. I can see the writing on the wall in how polarized the two sides have become in our own government. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the polarization is just getting worse and worse and worse. The two sides just hate each other so much. It's just mm-hmm. a well, divide. Okay, and then so also yeah. they it, he talks about um, they have like nights where the police will literally like shut down the entire city, and so he had formed this like gang of brothers kind or they had eventually turned into a little gang in their neighborhood. Well, the police allow the gangs to set up roadblocks and they're allowed to kill. Or shoot or like hurt, like do anything they want during that night. Whenever the police allow this, like they would have this happen. So if you are driving home and get stuck in a roadblock, they could literally kill you. Uh, Dang. And it talks well, about like. Didn't they do that in the kite? Or no, 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 no. In um. On the wings. On the wings of wings of eagles that I read about Ross Perot. They. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not have been on the podcast when I reviewed that, but they talk about that. Yeah. about the the gang setting up roadblocks mm-hmm. and they run into that trying to flee the country Indeed. in that book. Mm-hmm. They and talk about that in The Kite Runner too when yeah. they're trying to get past the Russians. Yeah. Well, And then they when do. they have a coup, they will shut the borders down so nobody can leave, go in or out. So if you're, even if you're like, because they're technically French citizens, but they can't leave. Ugh. It, and then the French it's government terrifying. doesn't help. It's and terrifying. his mother kind of blames the French government, but he never really understands why. And so it, it is literally like terrifying. That but would be. it is fascinating to read. And uh, this one is actually really short. It's like 190 pages, maybe. Yeah. And so it I would be it a good two days. <laughs> yeah. Because so, it's short. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, again, me and Jessica were talking. We're not really sure about what defines a beach read. I looked it up, and I got some weird, like, I was like, it what is it? It depends on what you like. Beach read definition, and it was like, a book where the sand is crusted in the pages, and da, da, da. I was like, that's so, not, no, I need a concrete so definition. So, I guess it doesn't please. really, any no, book is No, I don't a think read. there is truly a definition. It just depends <laughs> on what you like. And then well, something else I read said it's it's a book that is interesting enough to keep your attention but not so serious it ruins your vacation. Oh. Depending on how you feel about it, though, because some people don't get that knotted up about. I would think that things. it's a short book, so if you're laying on your back holding the book up and reading it, it wouldn't make fall it fall in your head and yeah. give you a concussion. Exactly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Although a, a thicker book, if you're laying on your stomach, it would make it, you know. Good pillow. But I would read this, like, on the beach because, well, it's so short, I could literally probably read it in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. If I, yeah. yeah. Actually, and it, held my attention i was fascinated the entire time i wasn't bored or right and that would be a good beach read for me because then you're not because just laying in the sun is boring yeah and And not doing at the same time it's relaxing enough to where you could actually get into a book if you could read a book and it completely i do have have something to i I have to have something that engrosses me on the beach or else i will literally fall asleep yeah me too i can't Mm -hmm. i just can't do it any other book but this would be something that works for me. It sounds like a good book. Yeah. Okay. And the refugee stories are great because they're so true. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's mind-blowing how Raw? things like digress so fast mm-hmm. in these countries. And you see it through the books. And it's interesting seeing it from a child's perspective as well. Right. It is. I would oh. agree with that. But it, this one is called Small Country by Gail Fay. Awesome. And you should awesome. read it. I'm really surprised I don't read more refugee books because I have read a few and I love them. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, for some reason, war, like, you know, makes my mind go, ah, let's get that book. <laughs> and this talks a lot about the war. Does it? Mm-hmm. You warmonger, That's you. Rough. No, I can't help it. But there, it's not called a war. They don't call it, it's not even, like, our government doesn't call it a war over there. No, just a coup. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not even a coup. Mm. All right. (sighs) Now let's go to some fantasy war. I'm sure there's a war in yours too, Jessica. There is a war in mine. I was just guessing, (laughs) but usually in fantasy there is some kind of a conflict. There's not quite a war yet. 
Oh, and the, not the I'm first just, one. I'm just going to talk about the first book. So I followed some authors on Twitter from some books that I've read recently. And then this this author and her series just kept popping up, kept popping up, kept popping up. And I was like, all right, I got to see what's going on with this because apparently Twitter thinks I really, really need to read this book. It's called The Red Queen by Victoria Aviart. So they're in a world where um, it's divided by blood. So there are reds who bleed red. And they are the underclass. They are the slaves, basically. They have slave labor. Um, if you aren't working, um, you get conscripted to go fight the Silver's War with the Lakelanders at age 18. You get sent to the war. Wow. Um, so what does everybody else bleed? Silver. And they have, like, crazy superpowers, which... The one thing that I didn't understand about this book was, like, they're sending these reds who don't have any powers to go fight this war when you have this whole, like, line of silver people who can, like, blow things up with their mind. <laughs> I was just so confused by that. But but that's how all of the countries are in this world. So they have hmm. red underclass, silver elites. And they have crazy powers. And, and there's, like, families with high houses, and they all have the, these powers. And the king is, like, a, a flame. He makes fire, and his wife can make you do things she has mind control and it's terrifying but so that's that's the world that they live in is reds are basically just pawns to die and the silvers are you know these big people which i'll talk about that later but and so the main character name is mare barrow she's a red girl who's doomed for conscription because there are no more people taking apprentices in her village called the stilts and all those bad things and her best friend's master had just, who was teaching him as an apprentice so he wouldn't have to go to the war, dies. So now he's going to have to go to the war too. And she's trying to get money to try and get him out if she can. Uh. And so she pickpockets the wrong person, <gasps> she thinks. And then he ends up being really nice. And he somehow gets her a job at the palace so she doesn't get conscripted. And uh. um, so she's working at the palace as a like servant and it's during a queen's trial so all of the daughters from the high silver houses come and show off their powers and the two princes pick their bride based on their powers well that's a different kind of beauty contest isn't yeah it? i guess so the funniest part like best scene in this is like she talks about this little tiny girl who comes out there and she's like little bitty and kind of like winks and nods and she's tiny but she's a strong arm so she starts just demolishing statues like nothing, <laughs> and I was just wow, like, "Oh she's wow!" This little bitty thing, just like this little like wisp of the thing, just don't knocking judge stuff a book down. by its cover. So she's in Queen's trial, and she's you know refilling drinks, and the mag a magnetron girl comes out to show her powers, and there's this big electric force field around, so none of the debris flies and hits the other people. So she she decides she's gonna pick up the stands that everybody's sitting in because she can control metal, mm -hmm. and she tilts them, and Mare falls and hits this big electric shield but it doesn't kill her and she ah. falls through and then she's just like charged up with lightning and she can shoot lightning ah. so she's a red and she's a red but she has powers with silver power yeah Woo! so um the queen and the king take her and the, the queen looks through all of her memories and she's like she's red she's actually red she's not a silver which is a really big problem for silvers because that's the whole way that they keep reds down is that reds don't have power. <laughs> so they decide that they're going to hide her in plain sight. They're saying that she's the lost daughter of a silver captain that died in the war and a red soldier took her in and raised her. So she's <laughs> actually a silver who can like neg be negotiating with reds and they engage her to a prince. So she's a, you know, now a silver princess. Oh. But she finds out that one of her older brothers died in the war. And another big thing that's going on at this time is there's this group called the Scarlet Guard, who are a bunch of reds that are attacking silver fortresses, fighting for equality mm -hmm. and stuff. They don't really, they don't kill people. They like target empty buildings that are symbols for the silvers. So on her last visit to see her family, she finds out that one of her older brothers has died in the war. And she's mad at this whole situation because she doesn't get to see her family anymore. She's surrounded by people who hate her. And she just is mad. So she decides she's going to join up with the Scarlet Guard and try to help them take down these silvers from the inside. And I'm going to leave the yeah, summary there. Yeah, I was going to say, don't go too much farther because yeah. we don't want to So it's just it. awesome. And there's so much 
good, like awesome, just mind-blowingly great. As fantasy novels go, this is a good one then. Yes, because I love fantasy novels, and I also love novels about dystopian societies, and this is both. So it's pretty cool. And this actually sounds like one that I could follow. Yeah, they all have powers that are pretty logical, and they they get them from their parents. And with the red and the silver, there's only two groups. Like sometimes when you start talking about fantasies, and you're, and then there's this world, and then there's this world, and no, then no. there's this world, and I'm like, okay. there is a lot of. So one of the quotes that comes up in this book and in the books follow it because there are four, is uh, one of the people who helps her is like, remember, anyone can betray anyone. And so there's just a lot of just crazy stuff that happens, and it's so good. I really loved it. A lot of the reviews I've read, either people really, really love it, or they're like, this is very similar to this book with this twist. Like, you know? Oh, yeah. Because some of it is kind of uh, like Hunger Games-esque. Oh, okay. Because, you know, how you have, like, the capital yeah. and the other ones. Mm-hmm. So I've read a lot of people who are like, that's just, it's really similar. But to me, they're just so they're different worlds so they're totally different mm-hmm. I don't know but I loved it I think it's a really good book and I'm reading the second one and I have the other ones already so you're ready to hop on there and finish the rest of those babies yeah. hopefully you've got some beach time huh no yeah. <laughs> no I, I have summer school yep I'm in class until August and then Gary and I are going on a vacation the second week in August so. okay title and artist uh, Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard so yep I have a beach read for me, a beach read has to be very, very engaging and almost an urgency to finish. Mm-hmm. It has to be that good in order to keep my attention. This one definitely fits that. It's called The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. You may recognize that name. She is the one that wrote The Woman in Cabin 10, which I also loved. Mm-hmm. Loved, loved, loved. And the main character is a young girl, a young woman whose mother has passed away. And she is supporting herself by reading tarot cards on the wharf. In, and she lives in Britain. Hmm. And, but she's really, really struggling financially. She's having a very, very hard time. And you really get that impression from the very first part of the book. And she, in one of the first sections of the book... One night she is late at the wharf and she's shut down her stall and this guy comes knocking on the door and it turns out that he is a representative of a loan shark. She has borrowed 500 pounds from this loan shark several years ago. Well, he says, if you pay me 3,000 pounds now, today, then I won't come back and break your legs and knock all your teeth out. Mm. What a choice. So the original loan was 500 pounds two years ago. And she's been paying on it steadily, but the interest is so high that she just keeps more and more and more. And she's on her own completely. She's, you know, I want to say 17, 18, maybe really super young and alone. So she goes home and there's this letter and it's from a lawyer and the and the letter says your grandmother has died and you have an, you have an inheritance except for her grandmother died 10 years ago but yet the letter's addressed to her so she's thinking hmm maybe there's another person with that name and maybe they just have it mixed up well of course the longer she thinks about it the more desperate she feels because she only has a week before this dude comes back to break her legs and knock all of her teeth out because she's, you know, she can't even, she's two months behind in her rent. She has no food in her house. I mean, it's really a desperate situation. It's not situation. like she can afford it. Right. Huh. So she convinces herself that she's going to go ahead and go to this funeral and, you know, maybe take the several thousand pounds or whatever her inheritance might be and pay off the loan shark so she's going to fake her way through this so the book is about that it's about her showing up at this funeral where she's never met any of these people and trying to convince them that she is this person this person it's very 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 twisty i thought i had it figured out three or four different times as to what exactly was happening And then I started to get disappointed because I figured it out. But yet, 
it got me in the end anyway for something different. So mm-hmm. I was like, yes! You know how I feel about the end of the book, not figuring it out. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really, really good. Um, very well plotted, very engaging, and a great ending also. That's not an unusual plot line. The whole the whole thing where there's an inheritance and somebody comes in from the outside and uh, all of these, you know, backstabbing when that has to do with money. Mm-hmm. This book is not necessarily that. Right. And that's what makes it so good mm-hmm. is it has so it has some elements in it that you just don't see coming. That's awesome. Yeah. Really good. Uh, it's called The Death of Mrs. Westaway by Ruth Ware. Pick it up. It's going to be a great addition to your summertime reading repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Put it on your list. It's a good one. And the audio was excellent. So if you're in the car driving or sitting on the beach and you don't want to get a neck ache from holding a book up, you could just slip in your earbuds and put on your sunglasses and float away mm-hmm. while somebody brings you a slushy beverage to drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and boozy slushy beverage. Which is what I'm doing at the lake right now. Hopefully the weather's good. Mm-hmm. We have to do this early because I'm the one that does all the editing on the podcast. So you so. have to edit it. Yes. Yeah, so I'll have to have, have it done before I go. So We're going to make her work for her vacation. <laughs> she was hard for the money. <laughs> Except for there's no. no money. For the vacation. Hard for the vacation. <laughs> yeah. um, you're working for the weekend. Yeah. And the weekend is vacation. Yep. The whole week is the vacation. Actually, we'll have two. This is, um, this podcast will be officially titled Vacation 101. Mm-hmm. And next week's podcast will be pre-recorded as well. And that will be Vacation 102. I tell you what. I wish you girls were with me on the beach right now mm-hmm. because we would kick ass. We would cause problems. People would all be wanting to talk to us to find out what books to read and we'd never get our own books read. Okay, we would cause problems and Nicole would be trying to police us. You'd <laughs> be like, wait, 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 wait. So wouldn't that no, make I'd Nicole be like, the mother? you guys, I'm going to drink with I was going to say, when Nicole, Nicole gets like a crazy woman when she drinks, though. <laughs> she may seem like our lawyer on the podcast, but I she is a wild woman. Don't like cops calling on me or screaming or distractions. Like, let me just sit here in peace. And I'll drink. <laughs> yeah, we're we're very distraction oriented. Uh, mm-hmm. We were at a Get friend's house earlier this week, and they were sitting out in the. We were all sitting out in the backyard, and their neighbor, like their backyard, is not very big, so the neighbors are really close. Mm-hmm. And my friend gets really loud when she's drunk. And I literally wanted to leave just because I thought somebody was going to call the cops on us or something. (laughs) Friday night, we got really lucky that we live out in the middle of nowhere because we started playing flip cup and it was like girls versus guys and us girls won five like five times in a row. And the last round we played, all three of us were like, suck it! (laughs) If we lived in a neighborhood, we would have been in so much trouble. (laughs) So bad. We were just so pumped about this game of flip cup. Because <laughs> we beat the guys like five times in a row. Well, they'd... poker is our game of choice at the lake. Do I have a poker face? It depends on how many beers I've had. <laughs> I'm all for having fun. I'm just a very quiet person. And so when people are screaming or like being very loud and obnoxious, I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. I don't know. I, I, guess, do it anymore. I guess we'll have to be really bow. careful when, when we do our beers and brews or books and brews. And I'm not saying like I can be loud and obnoxious, too. But obviously, when it's me, it doesn't really bother, <laughs> bother me. But I'm just like, I don't it's know. It's OK if I'm doing it. Just not when you do <laughs> Everybody has their own pet peeves. And yes, yeah. I understand. Yes. Mine's huggy drunks. Huggy uh, drunks? Yeah. yeah. I like, love you, Jessica. I love you so much. Get off. <laughs> don't touch me. Give me a I have hug. a bubble, and you don't belong inside of my bubble. <laughs> I am not a huggy uh, drunk, so it's okay. Yep. Um, I don't get drunk anymore because I tend to be a flashy drunk. Oh no. <sighs> yeah. Flashy. Your clothes on. 
Yeah. Tequila makes her close. That's why I don't drink anymore in public. Cause so we're saying if you if you get drunk with us, we have to make sure that you I'll be flipping my on. shirt up and yeah. Mm. I don't know why. Why is that? Why do people do strange things? When <laughs> that they... is really weird. I know it is. Why do you think I don't drink? <laughs> I took a friend out one time for her bachelorette party, and she was not much of a drinker. And um, she kept trying to order virgin drinks, and I kept telling the bartender, no, make it a double. And um, so she got a little tipsy. I would have hated you if you did that. <laughs> and she um, she was flashing people at the bar we were at and then trying to leave with people for an after hours party. I'm like, no, we can't leave with them. We don't know them. Stranger danger. Keep your clothes on. <laughs> That's like, we go to, so my friend's a bartender at Coyote Ugly, so we'll go there and see her when she's working. And there are some girls that get up, like, they'll be in, like, skin-tight dresses and six-inch heels, get up on the bar with no panties on. And I'm just like, oh, oh my gosh. that's a bad idea. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's just unhygienic. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, it depends who you ask, Martha. Ah, uh, yeah, that's very true. Okay, girls, this, I think, Vacation 101 is finito. Coming to a drunken end. A drunken, brawling, flashing, screaming end. Unless and I, you're with Nicole. Yeah. And then she's out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.